0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Dad Pod. Once again, Charlie Clawson is probably somewhere far more glamorous than the inside of his podcasting studio. So today the role of Charlie Clawson will be being played by wonderful mum Dad, Zoe Norton Lodge. Enjoy the episode. It's that board,
1: that board. let's get ready for that.
0: This is Dad Pod the podcast by Dad's for Dad's if you don't want to be shit dads I'm Washer Ginsburg. Charlie Clawson is being I'm guessing he's going to, he's being a brilliant dad you know why cuz he's he's off on a beautiful southeast asian tour at the moment making some television for a big television network bringing the bills in being beautiful gorgeous chinned Charlie because when he's on DadPod, he never really shaves. He's in beard mode. But when he's in major network television mode, boy, oh boy, that cake cutter comes out (laughs) and he's just all jaw. Uh, Playing the role of Charlie Clawson today is the extraordinary Zoe Norton Lodge, TV producer, writer, author, inspiration for my career changing tack about 10 years ago (laughs) and mother of two glorious human beings uh two little sons uh zoe thanks for coming back on the show
2: oh my god thank you so much for having me again thrilled to be here
0: and i'm you know, I don't know about you, but oh, I've just got to go and do a podcast. We're recording this early in the day and your partner just came into the room to grab some things. So it sounds like getting everyone out of the house chaos is happening behind you, but you're busy. Mummy can't help. Oh,
2: I tell you what, podcasts being oh, I'm so sorry. You've just got to make the kids go to the toilet and have a shower and pack their bags and give them breakfast. I'm really, really, really busy with this podcast. It's a great, also, I mean, a podcast, I'm just sitting here with headphones in my computer. I could just say I'm doing your podcast. I don't actually have to go through with this for you. I could just be watching Netflix <laughs> and being like, Mark, I'm really sorry, mum, I've got a podcast. You know, you know what it's like about a podcast. I don't do podcast.
0: <laughs> Speaking of watching Netflix, and Audrey reminded me because we, we went to dinner last night with a mate. He, he, he plays in the band and he was on tour out here. No one's been on tour for years, so it was good to see him again. And we all went out to dinner last night, early dinner, toddler hours. So we sat down at 6 30, which is pretty good. Uh, Wolf pushed all the way till 8. So I'm thrilled, thrilled with that because he had a big sleep at daycare. But about half an hour in, not even. Yeah, about half an hour in the chaos began and out came Audrey's phone and on went Paw Patrol and dinner continued. And Audrey took that moment to remind our friend. (laughs) And bear in mind, before Wolf was born, Osha was adamant that our child will learn how to sit at dinner without an iPad and without a phone. They'll just learn how to do it like normal kids, like we used to do. And, um, our mate's got three kids of his own. He's like, yeah, that went out. And I was like, oh yeah, fuck it. I'm just, I walked that one right back real fast. And I just felt at that moment, I was that fucking parent. I may as well have been wearing a linen shirt, walking through Bangalore, uh, <laughs> talking about how my child won't, won't be watching an LED screen. He'll be watching the humanity around him connecting like a human being at a restaurant and how fucking wrong I was, Zoe.
2: It's such an interesting one. Like, I never thought it was that bad, I think, like, screens. And my sort of, what we did is we kind of, like, flooded them. Like, we were like, you do you. And, like, oh, my God. I have I mean, they're only four and two, so we're not talking porn. But I've caught them watching some shit on YouTube and being like, like, I caught them watching this thing on YouTube that was actually so horrifying I couldn't watch it. Um Fuck and it was hell. This, this video that kids love, but it's, it's designed so kids get entranced, but and it freaks the hell out of adults, and it's sort of like, Go, it's got this kind of calm music. It starts in the island of Sodor, Thomas, and then suddenly there's a nuclear explosion. And then it goes back to... Blah, and it's this really, like, sort of psychedelic bad news bears. I had, like, nightmares about it. Anyway, it was that, that was my low point where I was like, oh, I haven't nailed this. But I found that I've been so irresponsible that they don't really care anymore. So, like, they don't actually ask for my phone anymore. But I, they were never denied it. And I think that, like, maybe I just... I'm so uncool and I have a phone and I watch stuff that they're like, Oh, I don't want to do that. I think as well, like with the dinner thing, what I I didn't realize until I had kids is like, you do judge parents being like, oh, they have kids on their phone. Oh my God. But you're like, no, they're doing it for you, actually. (laughs) Like my kid's on my phone, so you can enjoy your fucking dinner over there and you're not listening to him screaming. Would you rather sort of have the quiet hum of Paw Patrol or would you rather have him screaming? Because we're staying, like we're allowed to be here. It's a human right situation, but... That is what it is.
0: Would you like to be dodging half a case of deer that flies over the, my head because I saw it coming um, but lands in the back of your head? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. It's just like I think it's also just like, you know what, like everyone's hanging on by a thread, everyone's just getting by. Who cares? Yeah. Who bloody cares? I think also, I like, I mean, I had a TV in my bedroom from a young age and I'm fine. I mean, I did end up working in television, which is obviously a terrible idea, so maybe we should ban screens. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I do not know.
0: Audrey has this idea that, because we've got two, George is nearly 19 now, but Audrey said, oh, no, I trained her up well by taking her to yum cha restaurants because in a yum cha restaurant, no one gives a shit. If kids are running around and screaming um, just Chinese yum cha, no problem. Kids are just loose and it's a culture that, like Fijian, Audrey's Fijian, children are celebrated and, and lion, not lionized, but, yeah, lionized and it's fine. If kids are loose. But our our seen and not heard, you know, British overlord shit does kind of creep into our social shame a bit, I think. And part yeah. of me wants to be like, fuck you, kids make noise. It's I mean, okay.
2: Yeah. I guess, like, I'm half that, but I'm also half Greek, and, that like, we're kind of the same. Well, like, our kids, they bloody love kids. Like, they let like, kids do... You know, but yeah. I think the yum cha is a really good call because, frankly, like I'm quite messy at yum cha. I feel like yum cha, yeah. I've taken kids to yum cha and kind of hoped that it looked like the mess I'd made was actually being made by a kid.
0: Yes, and I remember being. I think my parents did the same thing. I, I think I, I played with my first lazy susan. At, you know, the age of six. Yeah. Uh, at the one. Yum Cha restaurant in Brisbane, but that was a long time ago. Uh, we mentioned earlier that you're getting out of morning routine by doing a very serious podcast about parenting while not parenting, which I'm loving, uh, and I can hear the chaos in the background. It's not beautiful, though? It's have not your, my How have your kids been this week? It's glorious. Yeah, I love
2: no, it. Being, <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah, it's like it's, there's nothing better than hearing the cry of something and being like, that's not my problem. It's almost like <laughs> a soothing white noise, being like, I can hear a cry, and do you know what I know? It's not my problem because I'm recording – a really important podcast about not being a shit dad. And um, I don't know, like, I'm sure my kid's fine. I'm
0: helping other parents right now. I'm helping I can't help parents. you yeah, I'm, I'm helping other parents. Yeah,
2: I'm such a good mom. I don't even care about you. I'm literally just gas bagging <laughs> with my mate Osha about crap. But yeah, a there's, um, there's a bit of chaos going back on. That's my little one, Clyde. He's almost three. And he, this week, did something where I was just like, almost awed by how catastrophic it was everyone's fine like don't worry I don't mean to be I, I am obviously exaggerating but Mark was out the eldest had fallen asleep we had a big day he'd fallen asleep on the couch so I'd put him in carried him into bed I was like brilliant got one kid down one kid to go and the apartment was uh, no exaggeration like it was an absolute shithole like I had shit everywhere there was a train box out there was cars everywhere there was dirty clothes clean clothes breakfast plates Uber Eats plants that had half been watered and then knocked over that hadn't gone back out on the balcony, toys, you name it, it was on the floor, on tables, everywhere. It was like, it was like, you know, if you wanted to shoot an episode of hoarders and you were like, quick, we just need to get some file footage of a really you just come and shoot my apartment. That's the state it was in, right? Anyway, yeah. my my little one is on sitting at our dining room table, which has a big train set on it. He's kind of playing trains or whatever. And I look at him and he's holding a snow globe right, that we'd gotten the week before at like Sydney Tower, Centrepoint, whatever, got Centrepoint in it at Harbridge, holding so long, and he looks at me with the most terrific smile I've ever seen and he fucking holds it across the room and it went in everything. It's like that old-school glass, you know, old-school glass that just goes into like a billion pieces, into yeah. literally everything, into the food, into the clothes, the clean clothes, the dirty clothes, the train thing. <laughs> I've only got one room. It's a tiny apartment, so it's like a main room, you know, where the kitchen's on the side in the room. It went into there. It went literally fucking everywhere, and it was covered in glitter. It was covered in, like, honestly. And Mark wasn't there, and I was like, oh, my God, thank God. The only blessing was that Rufus was asleep because it's his snow globe, and he actually doesn't know. He might have just heard me say it now, so he hasn't noticed it yet. But it ah. it took me days, like no, like I would be, just be stepping on shards of fine glass oh for God. days with two kids, I, like a. I, you can't clean that up. Like it's almost impossible to effectively clean up that entire thing. Anyway, it was like you know I was so overwhelmed by the mess, and then when I realized the mess was full of glass, it was just like, I just wanted I just wanted to burn the apartment down and just start again, just f- <laughs> forget this fucking family, fucking burn it all down. I'll just. Pack my bags, I'll go somewhere, I'll start again.
0: <laughs> oh my it sucked anyway. I'm sorry that happened to you. Thanks. Like, I'm, I'm learning from my counselor to try and <laughs> have empathy. Like, I I can hear that that was really traumatic for you and it sounds quite overwhelming. And secretly inside my head, I'm like, and thank fuck it, it was you, not me. But no, I, I'm <laughs> also, I'm fucking glad it's not just me because stuff like that happens. All the time. All uh, the, like yeah. something turns potentially deadly in a blink of an eye, yeah. and you're like, oh, what happens now? You know,
2: one thing, like, I just love to tell all, I always say when this happens, I always pre warn my friends it's going to happen. And when it does, I'm like, congratulations, you have unlocked this achievement. It's like, just yeah. a, a message for anyone who's pregnant, who has this hasn't happened to yet or whatever. One day, you will be taking a photo of your baby, and you will drop your phone on your baby's face, and that is okay. <laughs> they will be fine
0: and she's not wrong ladies and gentlemen she's just just when it happens be
2: like yes achievement unlocked i've done the thing it's all done now great another one you will definitely be trying to cut the fingernails of a beautiful tiny four-week-old baby and you will cut a little bit of their finger off it's okay we all cut a little bit of their fingers off it happens to the best of us achievement unlocked congratulations (laughs)
0: I am almost at the boss level, Ed, because you're, you're talking about my greatest hits here, so <laughs> uh, if you ever want to email us how you have unlocked achievements, askdadpod at gmail.com. We'll get to you your emails in a moment. Alice Zaslavsky is on the show again. She is uh, an extraordinary gastronomical expert, because if there's one thing that I love to hear more about, I was like, how the fuck do I get calories to stay inside this child? And Alice is going to hopefully help us with that. We're back in a sec. It's Dad Pod, Dad Pod. This is Dad Pod, nominated at the Australian Podcast Awards for Best Parenting Podcast 2022. That's right. I'm Ashley Gisberg. Zoe Norton Lodges here playing the role of Charlie Clawson today. How did you prepare to play the role of Charlie? Um, Zoe? Well,
2: um, I, I heard a lot about his chiseled jaw. So what I did is I got some Rice crispy Treats mm. like they do on those baking shows and I sucked them to my face. Yeah. I've just been chiseling away to make a sort of, you know, yeah beautiful um, square jawline. It still looks a bit like a double chin, but I'm working on it.
0: And you know what? I, as a vegan celiac, I, all, I fucking love baking shows. I don't know why. Ooh. When it comes to reality TV, I Bake Off is one of the great reality formats of all oh, time. Oh, hard agree. It's just that good.
2: Have you watched Baking Impossible? No. Okay, just really quickly, not strictly about being a shit dad, although maybe watching baking impossible and not looking after your kids as being a shit dad. So maybe relevant to the show. I don't know. But basically your team, a baker with an engineer and it's like, make a cake that will literally sail down a canal, make a cake that will drive that you could drive. You should see this man's face. He's like, I've never seen a happier man. It's like, there you go. I should have told you that while you were recovering more. You could have just binged it all. Zoe,
0: this, I'm I'm cheering in my head because as someone who produces television and is constantly pitching TV shows at networks to try and light up my next job, I'm like, they'll commission anything.
2: <laughs> this makes me yeah. very
0: fucking excited.
2: Yeah, you say that. I mean, that's a little disrespectful to Baking Impossible, I must <laughs> say, which is compelling, um, very scientific. And I reckon you're going to come back and be like, yeah, that's actually a really good show. I, had to, I have to admit. I'm
0: going to get on board. We got an email. We got a lot of emails, thankfully. Askdadpod at gmail.com. Sean has written in. And it's always nice to get an update. Sean wrote us early on in the, in the history of this podcast as the expectant dad of twins. Tommy and Lily celebrated their first birthday last month. We have survived the first year. A lot of fun. A lot of great memories. No sleep, which makes sense because if you've got – Twins is particularly hard. Uh, there's twins in my family, and uh, when one has a sleeping problem, everybody has a sleeping problem. It's really, really tough. Sean's written that we're, we're planning a car journey from Victoria to Queensland. Wondering if you guys have any tips for taking kids on such a long trip. We're obviously going to do it over a couple of days. Have you done something like this, Zoe?
2: I did something which people thought I was completely mad. We, When Rufus was about 12 12- weeks old we took him to Greece for a month yes and we (laughs) justification we were like well it was our first kid we didn't know any better and we were like well it might be really awful but wouldn't it be more fun if it was awful and we were on the Mediterranean Sea I think that would be more fun anyway we drove around a lot with him like we basically drove you know we got some ferries and stuff we hired a car and like so we would we were there for a month and we were like sometimes we're in kind of long journeys, not like that big sort of, you know, Australian sort of long stretch yeah. like, like Sean's talking about. But I mean, I think that like, I would just say, just go with the flow. It's actually what they say in Greece on the roads, which is terrifying. They say, go with the flow, not with the law. So that's more of a road thing, which is terrible. <laughs> ah! But um, that's what they told us when we hired a car. It was, it was uh, very, yeah, I am Greek. I can say this about my people. This is very, yeah, go with the flow, not with the law. Don't take that advice. But in terms of the babies going with the flow, I think, is just the way to go. Just be like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this to, like, have some fun with my kids, see what happens, kind of have lowish expectations and just see kind of what happens. Like, you know, be prepared to make, obviously, like, a, a lot of stops and stuff. We also found, like, sometimes kids are kind of fine in a long journey. Like, they just won, aren't they? So are probably not even
0: corrupted by... One and a bit by the time they make this trip?
2: When I did, like, a different thing. But when I did that, like, people were probably saying to them, like, that's madness to take one-year-old twins, blah, blah. blah. But just, like... I found doing something, a holiday with a lot of driving overseas that people thought was insane, super empowering. I was like, I've that. I was like, but I did that, so I can do whatever, you know. So maybe think of it as like a, a chance to just like level up and be like, yeah, we're the kind of parents who just did this thing.
0: Oh, you don't want to take your child to Westfield? Oh, that's fine. No, I understand. I understand it- that you're worried about that. Like when we took Rufus to Greece at 12 weeks old, we actually, yeah. <laughs> it's just like the ultimate no, but totally
2: i mean that's the danger is that you become a smug dickhead but you don't have to do that but you can have a be a smug dickhead on the inside <laughs> and be like you know if you do if you are ever having any self-doubt about anything you do in the future you'll be like but you know what i did I drove them to Queensland. So, yes, I can I can navigate the Bondi yeah. Westfield car park. Yeah. I can do whatever. Like, I think it's the kind of thing, like, you just would never regret it. Like, yeah. even if it's a disaster, you'd be like, remember when we did that? Like, yeah. YOLO. I reckon I reckon you guys will have a great
0: time. If I can say anything from my own experience, Sean, it would be uh, I'm two of four boys, so my parents really had no choice. There was, I think, it's eight-years difference between the oldest and the youngest. So when we drove, like, there was always someone who was little, and... A, a big thing that they did, and Audrey's parents did it as well, leave at 3 a.m., get a damn fine sleep, go to bed at toddler time. But if you leave at like 3 a.m. or 3.30, you get a lot of your run done before they kind of start waking up. Then you can stop and have your breakfast somewhere, then maybe get another... You know, hour or two to the next one, and then you might need to stop for the day when it comes to nap time. But like working in with the routine, the sleep routine as much as you can. Obviously, don't drive tired, but that's the thing that I I remember. Like, oh, why I'm like being carried out of my bed and put in a car, and then opening my eyes and like, what? Why the? Why are we in? Why are we in Bundaberg? <laughs> that is such good
2: advice. That just made me think of another bit of practical advice. Is like pack before they wake up pack the night before if you can like if you're going place to place just be like as packed as possible because like getting those kids out the door somehow it's always takes like three hours longer than (laughs) you think it does for me anyway especially if you're in a random place like I'm presuming you're stopping and starting a lot like I don't know what the babies are like as sleepers but if they sleep in cots if you can hire cots as you go so you don't have to like you could literally pack everything and then just pull them out and Shove them in a car. Yeah. You kind of like get that high of gaining time. You're like, oh, I've got an extra hour on the road that I didn't expect. But yeah, the early leave is a really good call. We, we try our best to do that. And even if it's like you aim for three and you leave at seven, that is so much better than leaving at 10 30.
0: Without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your email, you Short. Ask at gmail.com. Alice Zaslavsky is on the show again. Uh, we're going to speak to her right after this. Zoe, once again, we are joined by a food expert, Alice Zaslavsky. She has written two amazing books in praise of veg, The Joy of Better Cooking. She has been a teacher. She is a parent. Uh, she's done extraordinary work with the food bodies that help inform our food choices. Uh, she's created programs that have invited the best healthy eating campaign in Australia. Alice in Frames on Instagram, Alice.Recipes. Alice, thank you so much for being back on the show. Can I ask, like, you, you're an expert at this, right? But how do your kids eat?
1: Oh, uh, I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old, and when I was pregnant, that was my biggest fear. I woke up, you know, in a sweat at 3 a.m. saying, what if she doesn't like food? And all that I was told is that because I like food, because it's something that I value, then as long as I'm kind of intentional about the way that I introduce her to foods, it's a much easier kind of stretch. And we've taken the hard, easy method. So we really try and sit down with her as much as possible to eat our meals together together you know, we're lucky we work for ourselves, so we can do that. But also when I was pregnant, I ate extremely widely because the research shows that whatever you eat, the amniotic fluid absorbs. So if you want your kid to eat kimchi, eat kimchi. If you want them to eat broccoli, leafy greens, eat those. And if you're craving sugar or craving foods in pregnancy that you would prefer that your child ate less of, then just kind of be mindful about how much of that you're ingesting. So that's shows like hazel i like to say she is fussy she is fussy af indeed but that's because she's discerning so if i put something in front of her like a tomato in winter and she takes a bite of it she's like no this is rubbish and i'm like yeah it is rubbish you don't need to eat that you know it doesn't taste the way that you want it to taste and so it's kind of about reframing what fussy eating means so fussy equals good
0: now i know why i can't get enough of dill pickles because when my mom was pregnant with all four sons she would literally walk around with you know there was a weird deli in brisbane where we'd get the odd euro food and it was a barrel it was like a fucking barrel that she would hold under her arm and she would just dip her hand in it all day with the pickle juice spraying everywhere and just crunching on these things while she was pregnant with my younger brothers and i can't get enough of that stuff now
1: that's it mm. yeah so if you want your kid to crave dill pickles <laughs> eat dill pickles i do i'm the same Soviet Union represent. <laughs> Unless you end up like
2: me and you have gestational diabetes, you can still eat dill pickles, but you get bloody limited. So you can't always. Um, sometimes you just got to eat what you're going to eat. That's going to keep everything tickety boo. That's it. Exactly.
1: Do it. Do what you can. Do what your you limitations can. Amen.
0: Zoe and I were talking earlier about there's eating in the home and then there's eating out of home. And I had the guilt about we went to a restaurant last night and we were there with a mate who's from overseas and about 10 minutes in, it became pretty clear that everyone around us was about to get some like burritos and quesadillas airborne flying into their table if poor Patrol didn't get on the phone. And Zoe brilliantly let me off the hook. I go, It's fine. Do it. Is there any research around how they appreciate food or what food tastes like when they're watching something at the table?
1: So the research shows that anytime there's any kind of screen or any kind of distraction when you're eating, it's a much less mindful activity. So the nutrients actually absorb, less nutrients absorb if you're watching TV and eating at oh, the fuck. same time and you're probably going to eat more of it. But Osha... When you go out to eat, here's the thing. It's not just about the experience of eating the food. It's also about learning to be a good diner. So um, if Wolf needs to be around a whole table of adults and be entertained for multiple hours, if you can do half an hour of no screen time with Wolf and you guys are sort of sitting around and, and he's looking around and seeing that this is what happens when people go out together, he will get to a point naturally as a toddler that he will then need to be doing something else. So if the, if it's Paw Patrol, again, it's kind of like cascade of interventions. If that's what you need to do so that the quesadillas stay on the ground, <laughs> on the table, then, then that's okay. You know, you've got my permission slip. But really every time it's almost like muscle memory. So every time trying to yeah. do less and less of that time or more and more of that time before the screen comes out. And you'll find that actually you can get to a meal where there's no Paw Patrol because Wolf is part of the conversation and just looking around and interested in what's going on.
0: Uh, Zoe and I were talking about like particular kinds of restaurants that might be uh, better for little ones. Have you had much success in like different places going out, Zoe?
2: I find that the best success I have is if I just go somewhere that's a bit geared for kids, like an RSL that's got like a playground attached or even just somewhere like a pub, beer garden where it's like, oh, everyone's a bit raucous and loud just somewhere where it's their essence isn't grating against what's going on i was saying earlier to Asha, like you know we've been pretty liberal with i'm I'm not that strict about screen time but i find they kind of lose interest like my kids will often say like oh should we turn off the tv i'm like yep sure like whatever like agreed but it's kind of boring (laughs) i was curious what you said though about like less nutrients being absorbed when you're when you're watching television i would like to see the receipts on that
1: Yes, well, if you go online and if you have a look at that notion of mindful eating, there's a lot of research around sitting around a table to eat, chewing for longer, waiting 20 minutes for that satiety to kick in because it's about the the gut brain and the the brain stomach and all of the ghrelin and the hormones that are actually being stimulated during the the whole process of eating. So eating is not just hand-to-mouth, it's all of that sort of chain and so the more mindfully that you can eat and together... And I guess what I'm saying is if you do have babies in the household and you see other people that are putting their infants and and toddlers and children on screens and you're not doing that yet, I just kind of wouldn't start Hmm. because it's kind of the precedent that you set for them is what you then continue. So I mentioned the hard, easy method. It's hard from the get-go, but it becomes easier because we'll go out to a restaurant and she doesn't know that a screen is an option. So Hazel will sit and eat with us and look around. You know, let them be bored. Boredom is actually the pathway to creativity. Yes, <laughs> but Osha, you're in—you're deep in the thick now. So I'm sorry, you've, you've actually uh, popped the cork on the Paw Patrol, so you're in it.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to walk this one back, guys. <laughs> Can't
1: put the genie back in the bottle. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I think we're just going to have to. I, if there's anything, I'll tell you one thing I'm getting really good at, guys, is that as I know how many seconds in each show needs to be fast-forwarded to so I don't have to listen to the fucking intro song again. <laughs> um, Bluey, 21 seconds. Paw Patrol, 44. Octonauts, 57. Wow. You're welcome. And I also know, all right, so these ones are 22 minutes long. These ones are two shows within a 23-minute, so I know there's only half one, or these ones are like 11 minutes. So And Blue is cl- classic. Blue is like six once you get the intro and outro done. So finding what you said earlier about less and less, like try to go ease it off, choosing shorter and shorter shows might be the weight around that.
2: It could be. I In my Wild West household of screens, what I've found so interesting is what they end up liking when they have – kind of a bit of freedom around it, like my eldest, so into Charlie Chaplin, watches it on YouTube. My youngest, obsessed with Spotify because it's on the TV, obsessed with the Cordettes, right? Like it's like Lollipop by the Cordettes, Whistling Willie by the Cordettes, obsessed with a weird like 50s girl group. And the oldest obsessed with like Rube Goldberg machines because he just found them on YouTube. It's like, it's a risk, but it's like, it kind of opens things up. Like, I'm glad that he likes this stuff and I was with my friends the other day and someone was like, Oh God, is Rufus just obsessed with Spider Man? And I was like, I don't know. Like he knows what Spider Man is, but he's never expressed any interest in it. He's just into the weird stuff that he found on his own little curatorial adventure. Which is so brilliant.
0: I'm just so interested in how many Rube Goldberg videos you need to see before you get served some Jordan Peterson shit. Like that's Yeah, like-
2: well, that's it. Like you do have, like I think I mentioned before, like I, you know, I have busted in watching a video being like, Whoa, and I looked into it. I showed one of my friends say, like, Oh, this is a video crafted to like get kids entranced and freak out parents like there's definitely it is a wild west but also the other thing is like we have one room so it's like there's a big tv if it's on no one's absorbed yeah. by themselves in it it's like what are we watching oh it's a rib goldberg right. machine we talk about it it is what it is it's a slightly more shared experience because there's nowhere to go in our apartment
1: and if you are going to use screens they basically say it has to be active because you're participating in it so the fact that you're like as a family all within that screen environment is a really kind of better
0: way to do it Uh, i really thought that i was going to come out on top in this conversation so but no once again you have uh you you are the better parent between the (laughs) two of us i mean like i was hoping having someone other than charlie on would make me feel superior for a second but apparently not alice thank you amazingly for being on the show in praise of veg is the uh, first the classic the original the new book is called the joy of better cooking Alice. Recipes, pop that into your internet and um, enjoy. Alice and Frames on Instagram. You're an absolute legend. Thanks for coming on the show, Alice.
1: You've got my number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of the show, Zoe. You've really brought it in ways that look, I'm not, I'm just gonna say it. Like, look, you're better than Charlie. All right, that's it. You're better than Charlie.
2: Oh, that's I thought you were saying you really brought it and you were hesitating from saying down. You really brought it down, which I would have been no. thrilled about. I love lowering the standards. It's my favourite thing. As a mum, as a podcast guest, just keep it nice and low. (laughs) Stay low, stay cool.
0: Well, Charlie's doing exactly what you described earlier as being the bravest mum in the world by um, taking his uh, three-year-old on an adventure all the way through Europe. So, you know, if anyone's letting the side down right now, it's me, Zoe. It's me.
2: Look, you're the one who said it, not me.
0: It's true. Thank you so much for being here. And again, because you're our guest, I think you should definitely do a uh, big sign-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for being a, a part of DadPod. AskDadPod at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Osha Gisberg. That's Zoe Not Lodge. And until next time... Don't touch that. Oh, fuck, I'm scared. That was mum <laughs> voice. That was proper mum <laughs> voice for the first time. I love it. <laughs>